The reading is from John chapter 21, verses 1 to 22. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in, because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there, with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three but even with so many the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger... You dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. 
This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Peter, that wonderful disciple, the one who's out there at the front every single time, nothing by half measure, giving his very all, getting it wrong time and time again, jumping in. Peter, the disciple that Jesus commissioned. What a journey he has been through and what a journey he still has to make. And this appearance of Jesus is part of that journey for him, part of his personal journey, as well as the journey for the ministry that Jesus has in mind for him. There are two realities for Peter. There are two things going on, and he sees himself in two different ways. This is the first reality. Peter is the rock on whom Jesus will build his church. He's the disciple who confessed Jesus as Christ, the Messiah, When Jesus said, who do people say I am? People say you're John the Baptist. People say you're a prophet. Who do you say I am, Peter? And Peter says, you are Christ, the Messiah. He's the disciple who at the Last Supper initially wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet. But when Jesus explains why he does it, wants Jesus to wash his whole body. As I said, no half measures. He's a disciple who fully embraces Jesus' ministry and wants to play his part in it. That is one reality for Peter. The second reality is very different. Peter, the disciple, who sat by the charcoal fire, close enough to the action, understanding what was going on for Jesus, but far enough away to be able to distance himself. And when the servant girl recognised him, the one who denied Jesus three times. Now Peter's back by a charcoal fire. It's not a a mistake that there's another fire. Because smells are evocative. And for Peter, smelling that charcoal fire would take him back to that courtyard. Take him back to those painful memories And here he is, this time in front of his Lord and Master. How raw he must be feeling. The memory of his disloyalty playing round and round in his head like a broken record. But Jesus has come to restore him, to recommission him and to set him back on track for the rest of his ministry. Let's think where Peter and the disciples are. They've gone back to their day job. Back to where they started. Back to the job of fishermen. There might be some very practical reasons why they've done that. They need to earn a living. Jesus is no longer with them. That's come to an end as far as they seem and understand. And they've gone back to what they know. Back to fishing. 
And let's remember when they were called. They were fishing and not succeeding. Out at night, not catching any fish. And Jesus calls them and suggests they go back out again. And they go back out again and this time their nets are full. And Jesus said, you're good at catching fish, now I want you to catch men. They've come full circle, back, out at night, doing the job that they've known all their life. And yet again, still not succeeding in the task that they think they are good at doing. They're back at the day job, and Jesus comes. And as I say, it's not a mistake that he comes back symbolically into places they've been before to remind them of what he said to them before, to heal them of past pains and to move them on to the next stage of ministry. And so, the scene is set. The men are fishing. Jesus calls them again. The nets fill up. There's a charcoal fire on the beach taking Peter back to that place of pain in Gethsemane. They've gone back to the day job. Perhaps they don't know what else to do. But Jesus comes to where they are to show them again what he has in store for them. They're not going back to their day job. They have a church to build. They have a people to tell about the gospel of good news, but they need to be ready to be able to do that. And for Peter, there's a deep work that needs to take place before he is able to move on to the next stage. So Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Look after my sheep. Do you love me? I've told you I love you, Lord. Feed my sheep. Three times Peter denied Jesus. And three times he asserts his love for him. And Jesus responds on each of those occasions with forgiveness and commission wrapped up together. He's taking Peter back and giving him the chance to acknowledge where he'd let Jesus down, to receive that forgiveness and that acceptance and to move him on. Feed my lambs, look after my sheep, feed my sheep. What has Jesus told them in the past? He said to them, I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They know my voice. I call them by name. And now he's saying to Peter, feed my lambs. Look after my sheep. Feed my sheep. He's inviting Peter to share in his very own ministry the task of shepherding. Jesus is still the shepherd But Peter and the others are now to take part in that task of shepherding. And the invitation to take part in God's ministry for Peter comes through the state of being forgiven. Of going back to that place where he failed, where he let Jesus down, where he denied him. And moving him on from that place. And allowing him to know the grace and the love of God poured out through his life. And in that state, Peter is now able to move on into the task that Jesus has in store for him.
He's been living with two realities. And Jesus heals him, restores him, recommissions him for the one reality of being a disciple, an apostle, a shepherd for Christ. And as we know, that continues. And Peter the fisherman becomes Peter the preacher. He stands in Jerusalem after the day of Pentecost and preaches, the illiterate fisherman. And hundreds hear the gospel and follow Christ in their lives. I love, I love all the disciples. I said, talked about Thomas last week, but there's something about Peter that is very real and gritty and down to earth. And I think is relevant to each one of us because I think we can live in those same two realities that Peter was living in. Reality one for us is a knowledge and understanding that we are Christ's disciples. We know we love Jesus and we know that we are loved by him. And we want to do our best. We want to play our part through the love that we have for Jesus and through the love that we have received from him. That is a real truth in our lives, a deep reality that shapes who we are and allows us to move on. But very often we live with another reality, another voice that speaks into our minds. And so like Peter, we often feel that we have failed, that we're inadequate for the task, And we remember time and time again the times when we have let Jesus down. And living with that tension is difficult. In our heads, we understand who we are. We read the Bible verses. We know the promises. And they're true and resonate in our lives. But sometimes what we're feeling isn't quite that same boldness. The boldness of the verses that we read don't strike home in our hearts. Because like Peter, we make mistakes. And that recommissioning doesn't mean that Peter doesn't carry on making mistakes. He still has much to learn. And if we follow his story through Acts, there are other things that he has to face and understand and come to terms with. He will always be blustering and put his foot in where it shouldn't be. Because that's who he is. But he's come to know in the depths of his heart the reality of who he is in Christ rather than in himself and in his own strength. And I think that is true for so many of us. I know it's true in my life. I have known Jesus all my life. And it's wonderful to be able to say that, to grow up in a Christian family where Jesus has been part of my life since a baby. I have known Jesus all my life. And I know he loves me. And I know that I love him. And I know that I want to do my best for him. And I know that day by day, I want to say I want to make good choices for you rather than for myself. And yet I also know that that's really hard at times. Some days it's easier than others. And there's some days when it's hard to choose Jesus' way. A whole lot easier to follow the way of the world. It's painful to seem to be odd and unusual 
when you're in the midst of people who are following a different way. There's times when I question, is God there in my life? Does he really hear me? Does he really understand what's going on? Because if he really knew what life was like, why would he do this? Why would he let this happen? That goes on, and I have this dual tension a lot of the time. Knowing the reality, but feeling a different reality. And actually, Jesus doesn't want us to do that. It is true that we are human and that day by day we struggle and we have to make the right choice. But actually, Jesus says, the reality is that I love you and that you love me and that I want to commission you and to fill you with the grace of God that you will know forgiveness and love and mercy and gentleness and peace and whatever it is you need to know in your life, that you will know that as the main reality and that the voice that tells you you've done it wrong again who do you think you are you're not good enough look at all these saints how do you think you could be like them will become less and less and less that voice will continue on but we need to know the love of Christ in our hearts and in our lives to shut that voice out because we are God's precious children. And he calls us to shepherd those who are also his precious children but don't know that yet. And it's through our failings, through our inadequacies, that Jesus can use us. Because we know we don't do it in our strength. We do it in the strength of Christ in us. And that is what we have to offer the world. If I try to do it on my own, I get it wrong. But if I let Jesus come and work within me, together, we can make a difference. Peter is sharing in Jesus' ministry. He needs to acknowledge where he's let him down. And that's where the place of confession comes in. To be real and honest before God and say, yes, I've made a mistake. Yes, I've done wrong. Because then we can know the power of forgiveness in our lives. But Jesus says to Peter, it is in my love and in my strength that together we will do this task. Not Peter's task, but Jesus as the shepherd. It is his task that he invites Peter to join and to work with him. Jesus responds to us no matter what we've done, no matter how much we have failed, and he responds in love and forgiveness and acceptance. And his call to us is the same as his call to Peter. Follow me. What we're going to do now is to give you some time and space just to reflect a bit on what I think God has been wanting us to hear today. And there's something you can do. Sometimes doing something helps us to actually process what's been going on. You should have received a piece of paper as you came in. If you haven't, we've got more pieces of paper. We've got some over at the back there. And this is, this is you. No one is going to see this piece of paper. I will promise you that. Nobody is going to read it. If it helps you to write things down, 
I'd invite you just to spend a little bit of time just writing something down about how, how you're feeling with this dual reality. Are you feeling inadequate, helpless, that you failed Jesus, that you need to say sorry for something? Whatever it is, I'd invite you to write it down or just to think it in your heads. And then after a little while, we're going to come down with two things. We're going to come down with a rubbish bag. And you can tear up or scrumple up what you've written and put it in the rubbish bag. It's just a carrier bag. And then the second thing that's going to come round is a tray of sweets. And I invite you to take a sweet. You can either take it home with you or you can eat it now. It doesn't matter. I don't think, what will represent God's goodness? And actually a sweet does, doesn't it? There's something and there's some bright colours in there. Because that is the reality. The reality that we're putting in the bin is the old self. And the reality that we want to know in our hearts is the new self. And just for today, that's represented by a sweet, something good, a bit of a treat. So we're going to play some gentle music. I invite you, if it helps, to write something down or just to think about it. And then when the bag comes around, to throw it away. Because Jesus says, come and receive my forgiveness. And then take a sweet and know the grace of God in your life. Amen.